I am so excited to introduce today's sweet guest, Monica Swanson. Monica opens up on the podcast today about some of her greatest regrets as a mom with only one child out of four left in her home. She's almost an empty nester. And you guys, I believe so strongly in learning from people who have gone before us. We have so many resources at our fingertips to really learn from their mistakes and choose to make lasting changes while our kids are still in our home. So today, Monica shares her story of anger and getting to a place where she really had to make a change. And she discusses the practical ways that she has fought against her anger and her yelling and the scripture that she clings to in moments when that temptation arises. She speaks to women who desire to raise their children as Christians, but maybe weren't raised in a Christian home or just don't really know how to begin raising a godly child. We always address the importance of talking to your kids about hard topics on this podcast, and she and I dive into that as well, like sex and bad words and drugs and communicating effectively about them as they seem ready. She also talks about why she decided to homeschool her four boys and how to foster self-care even in the midst of homeschooling. So we really are touching on it all in this amazing episode. And if you enjoy this episode, be sure to listen to episode 92, Is Your Motherhood Healthy? Navigating Behavior, Appearance, Obedience, and Idolatry. Episode 93, Are You a Victim of Your Motherhood? Thriving Over Suffering. I love that one. And episode 94, God's Purpose for Your Motherhood. Let's jump into today's conversation with Monica Swanson. At the end of our days, we want to be proud of how we spent that day. At the end of our lives, we want to be equally proud of the decisions that we've made. To do this, we need to face the hard. We need to talk it out. We need to lean into community, relatability, and understanding. We need to hear how other people got it together, how they overcame the shame, hurt, toxicity, and past trauma, and chose to move forward. But nobody talks about the hard stuff enough. Life is tough and confusing, and yet we try to glide over the struggles like the glaze on a donut and expect to come out unscathed on the other side. We don't deal with the hard. We just keep moving forward, distracting ourselves with scrolling, Netflix binges, and a busy, busy life. But none of us want to feel like we're drowning or settling in the one life that we've been given. And that's where this show comes in. I long to be a piece of the puzzle that not only extends a hand, but comes alongside of you to live well and to live with joy. On the Living Easy podcast, I dig deep and talk about the things that people are not always comfortable discussing. We talk about the nitty gritty of marriage from living like roommates to the confusion of sex and intimacy. We talk about the reality of losing friendships and the art of making new ones as an adult because let's be honest, it is not always easy. And we explore essential life principles like real forgiveness, making perfect memories in imperfect homes, and how to deepen your relationship with God in a way that genuinely changes how you live and how you love. God has used the Living Easy podcast to touch hearts in nearly every country in this world. I started this journey with just a computer on my lap as a nursing mom. And since that point, I've had the incredible privilege of connecting with millions of people worldwide through my platforms and through my online courses, such as The Wife Project, From Roommates to Soulmates. At the heart of it all, it is people who make my world go round. Relationships matter, and how you feel about your life at the end of your life is of great importance. And that is why I pour my heart into connecting with you. People are everything to me, and I share my own stories of my mess, the hardships, and my big mistakes on this podcast, paired with all of the wisdom and the lessons that I have learned along the way to bring you freedom. So let's be friends, click subscribe, grab your favorite warm beverage, 
and get cozy. I'm Lindsay Maestas. Welcome to the Living Easy Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. I am so excited to be with you here today. I am ready to talk about motherhood and raising amazing children with Monica Swanson. And Monica is here with us today from Hawaii. So mm-hmm. welcome. Thank you. So good to be here. Thanks for being here. What part of Hawaii do you live in? I'm up on the North shore of Oahu. So kind of oh. out in the country, but okay. um, we're in this surf zone. So where most of the big surfing happens. Are you a surfer? I'm not, but I'm all four of my sons are. My third son is actually a professional surfer. So wow. um, that's pretty fun. But yeah. um, all my boys have grown up. I mean, I stand up paddle. I I can catch a wave on a big board on a small yeah. wave day, but I'm not like <laughs> up here. It's, it's next level. That scares me. So yeah, no. Have you ever had any shark encounters? I haven't. My sons tell me that they're out there all the time, which I don't love to hear, but they're like, yeah, mom, we see them. It's just, you know, it's 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 just part of it. So yeah, Yeah. it, I, I try to like out of sight, out of mind. I try not to think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I feel like I would be a helicopter parent with it, but you have to eventually just let go, especially if Uh that's their passion. How old are your boys? Yes. So my oldest is 23. Uh, Actually, the first three are right kind of each two years apart. So 23, 21 and 19. And then my youngest just turned 13. So now I have a teenager as my baby. But yeah, my 19 year old is my professional surfer. The other the older two have moved to Santa Barbara, California for college. And then the oldest graduated and got a job, but they're right there too, where there's great surf. So they continue to surf wherever they are. Oh, that's so cool. It's so cool (laughs) to raise your children in a place where there are so many outdoor activities Mm -hmm. and they can Mm -hmm. just be in creation. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's a very, I think it's a very blessed way of life and not super common for a lot of people to where they feel the freedom to go out Mm -hmm. and send their kids out to do things. So that's really wonderful. I'm so grateful. Yes. I'm very grateful. Well, let's jump in. So let's talk a little bit about raising amazing. What mm-hmm. compelled mm-hmm. you? This is what I ask all my guests. Mm-hmm. What compelled yeah. you? What led you to writing this book? And why do you feel that it's beneficial for an audience? Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you for asking. Well, my first book, Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You came out in 2019. And that book did really well. You know, it was my first experience writing a book and I launched the Boy Mom podcast at that point, but what I found over the years was I had a lot of girl moms saying, (laughs) I read it, and most of that book applied to my daughter too, you know, I wish that you had something for us raising girls, and also a lot of women said they really wanted their husband to read it, but they're like, but it's called Boy Mom, so they would get creative and like play the audio version in the car on a road trip or something, and so as time went by, it's like, you know, I've learned more. My boys have grown up that much more. A few years have gone by. So I was like, why don't we do a family project and I'll do the research, talk to all my friends who have girls, make sure I'm covering all the bases and make a book that is truly for moms and dads of boys and girls. And um, you probably know you've read it, but my husband got to add a word to the dads at the end of every chapter, which is probably my favorite feature of the book, because I feel like Men need to be in on this. Not many men read a lot of parenting books, (laughs) but I'm like, if at the end of the chapter, mom can reach over and say, okay, here's, you know, short and sweet. This part's for you coming man to man. 
And then each of my boys offer thoughts. Um, every chapter has a thought from one of my boys kind of sharing from their experience and perspective. So it was really a family affair and it just was such a joy to write and share with the world. And so I'm really grateful. Oh, that is so cool. What a mm. cool thing for your entire family to be a part of yeah. and to contribute to yeah. and to look in on as something you've accomplished together. I feel like that breeds totally. a lot of confidence, especially in children. Yes, it's been super fun. And I love too that I had to do the um, record the audio version while my boys were all home at the holidays. So everyone got to record their part too. So if people enjoy listening to audio versions of books, this is a good one to listen to. Oh, that's really good. So I want to touch on what you said, because I do think that women, based on my own experiences, I don't want to generalize, but that mm. women tend to invest more heavily mm -hmm. in learning about how to be a better parent, spouse, you mm -hmm. name it. I have a course called The Wife Project from Roommates to Soulmates, and I created it for women specifically. And I got a lot of questions. Why aren't you talking to husbands? And for me, my answer is, well, I'm a wife and I speak mm -hmm. to wives and mm -hmm. I really love leaning into what it means to be a biblical wife who self-examines essentially. Mm -hmm. yeah. But also, I don't know how many people would pick up, how many men would pick up the husband project with a goal right. to dive in. I would hope yep. it would be a lot. So mm -hmm. how do you teach your boys to mm -hmm. be self-examiners, to mm. check their own hearts and yeah. to be willing to learn? Mm, that is such a good and really important question. I, I don't know if I've ever been asked that. So no. thank you. <laughs> thank you. You know, I think so much of parenting is really modeling. And so I think that when they see us living lives of self-examining, if they see, hear me say things like, wow, you know, I spent time with the Lord and he laid this on my heart. And I really feel like this is an area I need to, you know, go deeper up my game. I feel like even though I'm a mom, um, they still are inspired by that. They mm -hmm. have continued to live lives where they're always striving for excellence in every area from, you know, health and fitness. They're always learning new things. They're uh, the older boys who live independently now continue to live this kind of life. And I think my husband has modeled that as well. Something about men, I just think they're not as likely to go pick up a parenting book or a marriage mm -hmm. book. But I think if we can encourage our husbands too to live lives of excellence and to always be growing. And that's just the conversation my husband and I have a lot is like, how can we, hey, you know, we're in our fifties now. I'm like, mm -hmm. let's get more fit this year. Let's learn mm -hmm. something new. Let's, we just recently started playing tennis again. It's been How years. Fun. I was like, let's have a summer of tennis. And so I think that it's just setting a great example and inspiring our kids by our own lives is probably the best thing we can do. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. And I, I love that you asked those questions with one another because I've shared this on a podcast before, but one of my biggest fears is going to a restaurant and having nothing to talk about with my husband. Oh yeah. It's, oh, yeah. I just never want to live that life. And so I'm no. always asking questions of, you know, how did you feel loved this month? Or what are things that are making you feel encouraged or hopeless? Or mm -hmm. what is Jesus teaching you right now? And just asking those questions, because I feel like it, it also fuels not only in him, but also in me, this desire for growth and this yes. desire to never live a stagnant life. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what you're also encouraging in Raising Amazing, which I love so much is you're really prompting parents to, to look inward and to also 
utilize the knowledge that you're sharing with them to Mm. teach their children how to be successful, wise, loving, kind adults. And that is just a gift. I mean, what greater Mm. gift can you give? So we will begin. I want to ask, what are some insights or strategies that you have to help moms find hope and joy amidst the challenges of motherhood. And and I speak to this, especially in context of our generation with Mm. cell phones and inflation, stress over Mm. finances. When a mom, I hear from so many women, I actually recently heard from a woman who said, who has time for joy, Lindsay, when all Mm. of these things are happening. And it just broke my heart yeah. Um, because I really do believe that there are opportunities for hope and joy, but I also mm-hmm. understand that life feels really heavy for a lot of people. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, that's so important. And I think that as believers, we need to keep returning to the fact that our joy is not dependent on circumstances. And sometimes that's just a matter of faith. Like we might, that might be hard to wrap your heart around, but if you can just take that step of faith and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust that my joy does not have to be dependent on my circumstances and really kind of uh, lean into that. What does that mean? I mean, sometimes that means opening the word of God and really meditating on that and asking the Holy spirit to reveal to you, what can it look like to have joy even right now? But also on a more practical level, I encourage, especially the young moms who are in the thick of it, because boy, those were some years for me. I mean, Mm -hmm. those early years with the toddlers and early elementary, those were hard years. But I say it's really helpful to find some role models, find somebody who is walking this out and their kids are a bit older and maybe they've kind of got their bearings and got a grip on things. Look to them, ask them questions, because really we get through every season and and there is better days ahead. Mm-hmm. And I wish that I had more of that when my boys were young, because I did feel pretty isolated and lonely. And I love what you're doing here on the podcast, because that's what you offer is community and hope. But Thank you. find some people who have gone ahead of you and watch them and be inspired and see the joy and see that that there's a lot and family's the best, but mm-hmm. it's not always easy. Mm-hmm. So keep pressing in. And, and that's my best advice. Look, look to those who have gone ahead of you. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Well, and in our society, I think that there is this really heavy pressure because of how we see so many women giving different advice on how to be a good mom. So whether it's gentle parenting or not gentle parenting or stay homeschooling, not homeschooling as a mama of grown boys, what are some of the greatest regrets and the greatest celebrations that you have over your parenthood, if you have them, that you wish you would have done differently. (laughs) And what have you learned from those things? Yes, definitely. There are things that I would do differently if I could go back. Probably the first thing I think of is I really did struggle with anger and um, just a short fuse when my boys were young. And I think a lot of that was just not accepting this season I was in wanting everything to look perfect, wanting control, control, there's that word. Mm -hmm. And even when I didn't think I did, if I'm was honest, I just wanted everybody to behave for the sake of my own sense of, of control. And so I, yeah. Yeah. And so I would lose my temper and I talk 
especially a bit more in my book, Boy Mom, but also a bit in Raising Amazing, but about how I had this cycle where I would lose my temper. I would feel horrible. I would feel shame, regret. I would go to them, ask forgiveness. They would forgive me and then it would build up and I would do it again. And, and the story I tell that time it really hit my heart and I knew I needed to change was when my oldest son was still quite young. But when I asked him for forgiveness and he looked at me and he said, of course, I'll forgive you, mom, but I don't know why you even ask because you're just going to do it again. Mm, And I remember thinking, oh yeah, that hit Mm -hmm. hard. And I just thought, you know what? It's time for change. Like I need help. And I remember driving myself to a church where I knew they had Friday night prayer. My husband was in residency. He was training to be a doctor and he was in residency. And I was alone with those boys so much. My husband came home and I was like, beelined it out the door. And I went and I just said, and went to prayer, asked for prayer. I found books. I went to others who had gone ahead of me and just said, you know, I need to be really honest. This is an area I struggle. So Mm -hmm. I think I wasted some years. And thankfully, when I talk to my boys now, they say they really don't remember that. They're like, I don't hardly remember you losing your temper, but I could paint a picture of Mm -hmm. a number of times that it was just not pretty. It, you know, I wasn't abusive, but I'm not proud of the way I acted Mm -hmm. or used my voice or my face or my Mm -hmm. body. And so I regret that I wasted any time just not enjoying them. Like, come on, was it that important if the toys were cleaned up properly or if they brought dirt into the house? Like the things that upset me were so ridiculous. So I would say that's a big one. And beyond that, I think now that they're older and I just have this last one at home, just enjoying them more. I just wish that I had again, put other things aside and just had fun with them and created more memories. And we do thankfully have a lot of memories. They were fairly young when a lot of things started to click. I opened my book, Boy Mom, talking about exactly the picture you painted where I was lying in bed one night and I just said to my husband, there's so many voices, so many people telling me how to do this thing. How do I know what's right? And that's when I decided to literally narrow my focus, not allow all the voices to come in. And this was before social media. (laughs) This is before we had all that we have today. But even then, just in my friend groups and in other places, there were so many voices. So I decided to just simplify, go to the word of God, ask of the Lord, what do you call me to? What is the most important thing I'm to do as a mom, as a wife, and then let all the rest really go and simplify life. And oh my goodness, what a difference that made. Mm. I want to lean into this a little bit because Mm -hmm. I think that this is such a common struggle and there is so much shame Mm -hmm. that seeps into the hearts of mothers now and mothers Mm -hmm. who are looking back in hindsight and saying, oh, if only I would have Mm -hmm. done this or that. Mm -hmm. Can you maybe speak to the shame and the feelings of regret and what it looks like to release that to Jesus? Mm -hmm. That's huge because I think we're pretty quick to forgive others, but it is really hard to forgive yourself, especially when you know that it's affected other people Mm -hmm. and the ones you love the most. And like I said, isn't that crazy that we can replay in our head, the things, the mistakes we've made. Yeah. I think again, that's just a a step of faith. 
I think it's going to not always, our feelings will not always align. I may never forget those pictures in my head of the times I screamed at my kids or did, acted ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But if I know by faith that God's word promises me, 1 John 1, 9, you know, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just mm -hmm. to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Like all throughout scripture, we hear of God's love and his desire to forgive us, cleanse us, give us a new start. So I think just clinging to those scriptures, memorizing them, knowing them, repeating them back to ourselves, journaling them, whatever it takes, and then just choosing to move on. And again, that's all just faith. And we only have faith as a gift from God. Mm -hmm. So leaning into the Holy Spirit there is going to be our, our best move. And realizing too, one thing I had to realize was anytime I meditated on my own mistakes, in a sense, the enemy was winning because I'm still focused on me, right? Mm -hmm. It's still all mm -hmm. about me. And so I got to a place where I was like, you know what? I don't want him to win another minute. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not going to take the time to beat myself up anymore. I'm going to turn my focus on what I can do now. Who can I love? How can I encourage? What can I do today to move away from that self-focus? Because it's just another way the enemy's winning. This is the truth about your marriage. God did not call you to be a fix him wife. He called you to be a love him wife. I want you to imagine for a moment your home lighting up in flames. Would you wait until the entire house had burnt down before seeking help? No, right? It's more likely that as soon as you saw the spark of that first flame, you would do everything in your power to fight the damage, fix it, learn from it, and to seek help. Now let's apply that same wisdom to your marriage. Divorce statistics do not lie, you guys. 50% of Christian marriages end in divorce. So why wait until your marriage has burned to the ground before taking action? The Wife Project from Roommates to Soulmates is an eight and a half week biblical study that I am so deeply passionate about because I have had the amazing opportunity to watch it change thousands of marriages for the better around the entire world. It offers a lifeline for those seeking to become best friends with their spouse again, to actually like one another again, and to rekindle the affection, intimacy, and closeness that you once experienced. So is this a project for you? Here are a few questions that you can ask yourself. Number one, do you feel like coldness and hard-heartedness have replaced the affection and the excitement in your marriage? Do you find yourself feeling lonely, struggling to communicate your wants and your needs to your spouse, or just never wanting to be together? Number two, are you a woman who is seeking to embrace her role as a godly wife, just learning how to love your husband as God intended? Number three, do you long to deepen your relationship with Jesus, strengthen your own prayer life, trust Him in your sex life, and become a more godly spouse each day? Number four, perhaps you're single, coming from a broken home with a fractured view of marriage, and you yearn to discover what God says about this sacred union of commitment. Or number five, maybe you're recently engaged and you're eager to prepare your heart in the best way for your future husband by fixing your gaze on Jesus. I want you to consider the words of one of the students of The Wife Project who shared, My husband and I had been struggling for a very long time. We love each other, but miscommunication and exhaustion were taking a toll. In just a few days of walking through The Wife Project, I feel a genuine change in our marriage and in the tone of our home, as well as Kelsey's testimony. The Wife Project showed me God's vision for our marriage. I realized that I need to stop trying to get my husband to fill a role that he was never created to fill. Thank you, Lindsay, for giving me the tools I needed to save my marriage. I truly believe you are a gift from God to our family. So if you are ready to change your marriage, there has never been a better time to invest in one of the most important relationships in your life. 
and it begins with you. We cannot change the person next to us as much as we might want to, but we can start with us. And if we deepen our faith in such a way that it pours out onto our marriage, we will see the fruit of that in our home. This course includes a 65-page workbook with practical applications, conversation starters, date night ideas, memory verses, journaling pages, and so much more to get you started right away on implementing what you're learning. It is time to make a generational change for the sake of your children and for the glory of God. Let them see how you communicate healthfully and change the dynamic of your home for the better. You will learn how to communicate, love, serve, date, and pursue intimacy as Christ intended, and you will never regret it. Click the link in my bio or go to sparrowsandlily.com backslash the-wife-project to get started today. You will have lifetime access and can go at your own pace. Make the choice to transform your marriage and write a new chapter today. Let's get back to today's episode. One of the things that I'd like to ask you is when you said that you came to a place where you're like, okay, it's clicking now and it's mm-hmm. starting to shift. And I, I realized that it's my frustration. I feel like that also ties into what you're saying about always looking inward or always thinking of self, because mm-hmm. similarly, you know, there are frustrations that I have based on wanting my home to feel a certain way, wanting my mm-hmm them to appear a certain way, even to people yeah. like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. please don't act like that in public. <laughs> it's so yeah. embarrassing, oh, yes. you know, but it comes back like you're saying to self. And mm-hmm. so my question would be for moms who struggle with frustration, mm-hmm. overwhelm, anger, discontentment in their motherhood, how would you encourage them to get to that point? What is that point where it clicks for them? And what are steps that you took, I know you said you got in God's Mm -hmm. word, but maybe Mm -hmm. practical things when you Mm -hmm. wanted to like lash out, what, what did Mm -hmm. you do instead? Yes. Super great. I love to talk practical. So I like the questions. (laughs) I think that there's something I return to often, which is walking in the fear of God rather than the fear of man. Mm -hmm. And we're told in scripture that, you know, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so I think that really practically being in the word now, when you've got little kids, I I like to tell moms, it's okay if your devotions and quiet time don't look like they did when you are young and single or married with no kids, but having God's word on your heart might look like having the Bible open, um, you know, having some memory verses on cards. So I think practically really investing more time into knowing what God says about you, about your kids, about your life, then, then all the other things we scroll through and spend time looking at with our eyes in those moments. Right. Mm -hmm. And we all know what that is typically Mm -hmm. social media or a text or something on our phone. But so that's, that's super practical. And then also I think that, um, I think that when we choose to shift our focus again, I, I don't know, this theme just keeps coming up in our conversation, but it's really an act of faith. Because what we're doing is saying, I really believe that God will provide my needs when I shift my focus from whether it's myself beating myself up or whether it's just other things, what we wish, how we wish our kids looked, how we wish our lives looked. When we shift that and say, okay, God, I'm going to be fully all about you. It is an act of faith. And what's cool is once you've walked through that for a little while, you start to see him showing up and you start to see the blessings and you start to see what it looks like to live that life. So it's, it's stepping out in faith and making that first move towards 
I'm not going to stress about what other people think. I, I, it's, it's literally like taking mm-hmm. every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So I don't know if that's super helpful. But Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. it is because I think that, as you said, the fear of God over fear of man, that's just such a good reminder when it comes to motherhood, because I don't think we always connect mm-hmm. those two. Mm-hmm. And, and when you have that fear of God, the thoughts for me, at least when I think of that is instead of how clean can my house be? How clean can mm-hmm. your rooms be? How responsible can you be? It focuses more on how can I teach you kindness? How can I foster godliness in you? How can I point you to Jesus in Mm. moments of overwhelm or stress instead of when you come in with an emotional meltdown, which my Mm seven-year-old has been having a lot of them lately, Mm. instead of me getting frustrated or overwhelmed Mm. by your frustration, how can I teach you to lean into Jesus in those moments and to rely on his word and, and to find that peace within your heart rather Mm -hmm. than trying to fix me, trying to fix that situation instantly so that it doesn't happen again. Yes. Yes. I have one practical kind of, I think that moms do relate to this. One thing I started doing once I recognized this anger cycle and really wanting to make a different, choose to work with them a different way Mm -hmm. is I would enter situations and in my mind, I would imagine Jesus sitting in the room Mm. on the couch, in their bedroom, even imagining like, what if this were all being videotaped? And I had to watch it later with my husband to see how well. And so it kind of became a little challenge. And I remember one time my son being downstairs, their bedrooms were downstairs and just, I knew he was in trouble. And I came flying down those stairs. And as I walked down the stairs, it was like, I just caught a vision of Jesus standing at the bottom of the stairs Mm. next to my son and everything in me switched gears. It was like, oh, wow, (laughs) Jesus is here with my son. How am I going to respond to this? Am I going to be loving? And, you know, I don't call myself the gentle parenting person. (laughs) I'm pretty firm with my kids, but am I going to handle this in a way that honors the Lord? Am I going to handle this in a way that points to Jesus? Or am I about to flip out and lose it? So yeah, it was a little game I played. I just picture how well can I handle this? I want to be able to tell my husband later, you wouldn't believe it. Both boys were freaking out. This was happening. Something was boiling over. And yet somehow I was able to be gentle and kind and handle it well. So a little game you can play. Yeah, no, that's really sweet. That is a really good. My sister-in-law always talks about how she imagines her quiet time as like coffee with Jesus. And I think because, Mm -hmm. because it is obviously, it's a very different experience to build a relationship with someone who is not present, fully present, right. That we can actually tangibly see touch. And Mm. she always says, I I go and I have my coffee date with Jesus. And it's like, Mm. I'm committing to meet him there and I'm not going to not show up. And I do think, I think that it helps us just in a very real way to acknowledge that his presence is there, that we are, Mm. the Holy spirit is surrounding us. And so that's a really, really beautiful thing. I like that you share that. And Mm -hmm. I, I would ask, as we talk about, okay, pointing kids to Jesus, maybe there are moms here are like, okay, what does this look like? How I never was raised, not me personally, but maybe these moms were not raised with this example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we have this responsibility as Christian parents to teach our children, the truths of scripture. And Mm -hmm. in the process of helping them understand the big picture, how do you encourage parents to talk about the challenging topics like sin or 
judgment Mm. or repentance when their Mm -hmm. kids are young? How do we help Mm -hmm. them to understand the depth of those things? Yeah. Well, I think that, that we can kind of gauge what they're ready for by the questions they ask. Mm -hmm. So I think if we read a scripture and it uses a word, uh, you know, something that, that they may not understand, oftentimes they're not ready to understand it. And so Mm -hmm. you can just keep moving. But I think that when you know your kids, well, you're going to be able to have conversations. You talk about a million other things, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I really encourage parents not to shy away from the hard topics, especially in the world today, Mm -hmm. where culturally there is so much crazy and kids are going to see it and they're going to hear it. And so I think it's the very last chapter of raising amazing. I talk about what it means to set the first tracks with our kids. And I compare that to like being on a mountain. And when you ski down and you set those first tracks and somebody can go behind you and ski Mm -hmm. in your tracks, there's no doubt that the first exposure to anything is going to stick the most. And so if our kids hear about, and I'm sure you've talked about this, but sex Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, anything that seems a little bad words, bad words, that's a new thing in our house, Mm -hmm. war. I mean, anything wherever they hear about it first, that memory will stick. And so do you want to be the first person to bring up what sex is and God's design for sex? Or would you rather they hear it somewhere else? And then you have to go in and do repair. Mm -hmm. So I say, talk about things Mm -hmm. and don't wait. I mean, obviously be wise. You don't want to bring up scary things to your three-year-old, but as they seem ready, talk about it, let them know you're there if they have questions. Yeah. Yes. That's really good. And in order to do those things, I believe we have to do our due diligence as parents to know what we're teaching, to have that awareness. And and I don't want to overstep this because I did before. And I I asked you your greatest regrets, but I also Uh think with your wisdom, there's so much you poured down to Mm. your own audience and to my audience. Mm. What are maybe two things that you felt like you did really well as a mom Mm. that you're proud of? Mm. Thanks. I don't know if anyone's asked me that before either. This is so great. (laughs) Well, that's fun for me. I, yes, I think I'm really proud that I spent a lot of time with my kids and that I have said before that I feel like the Lord gave me kind of opened the door for me to start writing and podcasting and all that. Later, I was 40 when I started a blog and it was years later that I started writing books. Now I'm not saying everyone should wait till they're 40, but I know me and I have, I love my work. I really do. And so I'm imagining if my boys were still little, I could have become a workaholic. I could have easily made my work more important than my parenting. So I feel like it was God's grace that kind of shielded me and made me just a full-time stay-at-home mom, Mm -hmm. started homeschooling, all the rest. Other women can handle that better, but I don't think I would have. So I'm really, really glad I had a ton of time with them. And also I already mentioned it, but I'm really glad we homeschooled for Mm -hmm. us. um, That was a game changer. And, you know, some of that has to do with where we live and what our options are. But I think that really bonded us parents and kids and also the kids to one another. So those are two things I'm really grateful for. I love that. What do you say to parents who, because especially now we recently were in Nashville and recently had the school Mm -hmm. shootings and, Mm -hmm. um, it feels very different when it's so close to home. 
Um, but also just as a whole, it's a very scary thing to send your children. Mm. And I saw so many comments and things online about parents who immediately withdrew their kids and just started Mm -hmm. homeschooling. Mm -hmm. But there is just this common rhetoric Mm -hmm. from parents that say, or other parents that say, I'm just so afraid my kids will be awkward or they won't be socialized (laughs) or how, what would you say to those moms? Oh, that's my favorite question because (laughs) I just laugh and I'm like, seriously, do you really want your kids to be socialized by what you see in the public school system today? Like, Mm -hmm. come on. Um, I also say, you know, I'd love for you to have a conversation with my boys because anytime an adult talks to, you know, my 19 year old, who's a surfer and he's interviewed for something, they'll be like, man, I've never talked to someone who's so mature and well-spoken and comfortable. And you give eye contact. And I'm like, the proof is in the pudding. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and no doubt here's, here's my favorite way to respond to that. Kids, are going to become like the company they keep. So if you're a weird parent and you homeschool them, they're probably <laughs> going to be weird. <laughs> if you're socially awkward and you homeschool them, they're probably, and a lot of homeschool families in the past were the socially awkward, weird people. And so I think we earned the stigma and that's all right. But if you think you're pretty cool and you're pretty fun to talk to, your kids are probably going <laughs> to to be a lot like you. Oh, I love that. Well, and that the, the homeschooling ties into the amount of time you have with your children. Absolutely. And we're, I mean, we're realizing that because we've been praying very heavily about homeschooling mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm actually very excited about the idea, mm-hmm. it, but before I had no idea, you know, I was so concerned, Oh yeah, but too. it is the more that he comes home with things as a mm-hmm. second grader. Mm-hmm. It's baffling. Like it's the yeah, bad words, is. but not just bad words, like vulgarity and mm-hmm. things he's hearing and mm-hmm. he's asking questions yeah. about. And it mm-hmm. just breaks my heart because I yes. know he would mm-hmm. not be hearing those things yeah. otherwise. So yes. early at least. So, and I don't want to yes. shelter shield from everything, but right. giving them the tools yes. to know how to handle those things mm-hmm. at home before yes. they experience them. Whereas 100%. I think as you're saying, it's like, okay, if you know, they're ready for it, talk about it. And I, I agree with you completely. And equally, I think there are things that he's come home with where I'm like, whoa, I didn't Mm -hmm. even think that would be a thing yet. Exactly. And it shouldn't be a thing yet. So it gives you the opportunity to create those tools, but it gives you so much more time Mm -hmm. with them. It's like something like 16,000 more hours or Mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. I can't remember Mm -hmm. what it is. No, that's about right. Yeah. Yes. And I'll say my husband and I were both raised in public schools. We never dreamt. I even... When the kids were little, we hadn't talked about homeschooling. It was only when they were all going to like a private little Christian school and we started to look at the cost and we're like, wait, uh, yep. can we Some do mortgage this? payment? <laughs> right. And so I feel like we almost stumbled upon it. Hmm. We knew some people at church who are homeschooling, but now I say it's the best decision we made and I haven't announced it publicly. I don't know how soon this episode comes out, but eventually I'll announce Uh, My next book, which will come out at the end of next school year, is actually called Becoming Homeschoolers. Oh, congratulations. And it's really our journey as well as um, really a how-to guide for anyone Mm -hmm. who's kind of on the fence, thinking about it, looking in from the outside, or maybe just starting to homeschool. It is a step-by-step guide with every resource you could need to start. So I'm really excited about that book. Good for you. Yeah. That I mean, yeah. that is such a needed conversation. So I feel <laughs> right like now. that is yeah. great timing. Yeah, especially yeah. now. And mm-hmm. we'll be launching this probably end of August, early September. So it'll Perfect. be good timing. Yes. Yay. Well, congratulations. That's so exciting. So yep. as I think of homeschooling and as I mix that with mamas who struggle 
with overwhelm, frustration, mm-hmm. sensory issues, whatever it might be. Yes. You faced that and worked through it, but obviously you probably had less time to yourself during mm-hmm. the homeschooling moments. How did you foster self-care in those mm-hmm. moments? And mm-hmm. whether that's going on a drive by yourself or spending time mm-hmm. in God's word to refresh, how did you make sure that you had that? And how did that help you to navigate having your children home all the time? Oh, so good. Okay. So I'm really excited because we already talked about my struggles with anger and all that. Mm -hmm. And my thought initially, when I brought up homeschooling, my husband's first words were something along the lines of, you couldn't do that. Like you're Mm -hmm. already overwhelmed. How in the world do you imagine you could have (laughs) them home all the time? And I remember thinking he's right. Like, Mm -hmm. what am I thinking? However, here is a big, um, just misconception, something that I had to walk through it before I could believe it. But if people can trust me, I lost my temper so much less with my boys home all the time Mm -hmm. than I did in that seven to seven 30 AM window, trying to get them out the door with all their stuff. I tell the story in the homeschooling about, (laughs) yes, one day when we were all in the minivan, I was constantly late to their preschool and I couldn't find one of my sons and he was upstairs sitting on the toilet going poop. And I <laughs> lost my marbles because I was so angry that a four-year-old would think it was okay to poop when mom's late for preschool. And so I was like, are you kidding? But what I have found is, and I don't know if this is a direct answer to your question, but it's it so important for people to know once you are on your own schedule, Once you have that freedom to just be so much stress goes away, you are not thinking about signing papers, showing up, who's doing what, all the other things. It's just your own little life that you get to choose. And if somebody's having a hard day, you can take a moment to have a hard day. If someone needs to sleep in or take a nap or, okay, so with that self-care, now that I'm with them so much, there's not the guilt. It, It once I do get away from them, it's all good because their buckets are full. We've had Mm -hmm. so much good time together. So yeah, back, back in those early days, I think I spent money. I didn't have on babysitters. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband and I were like, we needed date nights Mm -hmm. and we got creative, but I do think that taking time for your marriage and for yourself is super important. And sometimes you just have to get creative about it. But once again, when you're homeschooling, I think it becomes almost easier, not harder, because you're you just feel like you've had so much good time together that you feel okay getting away a little bit more. That is genuinely one of the best answers, responses, reasonings that I've mm. ever heard. Because oh, I agree with you. I mean, I think as I just play out our day in my head, yeah. our greatest stress moments, our greatest disagreements or arguments is when they're getting ready for school and they're getting ready mm-hmm. for bed. And I think so Absolutely. much of, especially my oldest getting ready for bed feels like I've barely even been home because the days yep. are so mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. And there's also anxiety about going to school because this boy mm-hmm. was mean to me. And mm-hmm. there's very little, and I don't believe that we should control our children's friendships, but I definitely believe we should have a say over who they choose their friends to be Absolutely. at a young age. And mm-hmm. you don't get that luxury mm-hmm. or freedom when they're at school. And I am not, I be clear. I know there are many people who do not have the opportunity to yep. homeschool yep. children. I want, That's I right. know that they don't have the financial means. They don't have mm-hmm. the time. 
they maybe just don't have a desire and that's okay mm-hmm. too. I was mm-hmm. in a public school my entire life and I yeah. turned out just fine, you know? <laughs> um, but there are a lot of things that I also look back and think, gosh, had I not met this person or had I not been in this group or had I not. Mm-hmm. So I know that there are a lot of co-ops and other opportunities where mm-hmm. they don't have to be with oh, yeah. you all the time. Yes. So, and, and this is just, it's just conversation. You know, I'm, my kids are still yes. in public school. So I'm just, right. I'm a navigating territory, which I like to do, mm-hmm. but I really appreciate that answer. And my final question, because I do think it's one that kind of relates back to just raising children who love the Lord and who love people mm-hmm. is that teaching scripture to our children is mm-hmm. it's an ongoing process. Teaching them repentance is something we display in our lives. Teaching mm-hmm. them to be faithful and consistent in reading the word and going to church is something that they see through us. How do we encourage our children to have more of a focus on scripture and on redemption and eternity versus mm-hmm. morality in a rule-based relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I would say it comes back again to modeling. They're going to become more like whatever you're doing than whatever you're saying. So you can say all those words, mm-hmm. but if they see you focused on morality and focused on rules and how they present to the world and checking boxes, that's going to be what is ingrained in them. Mm-hmm. However, if they see your heart, and, and this is where I think parenting is beautiful and hard. It's really calling us up to whatever standard we want our kids to have. If we can model these things to our kids, we're not only blessing them, but we're also just making our lives more what we want them to be, right? It's just mm-hmm. like this little built-in yeah. accountability. But I say, if if you are genuinely focused on the things that you really want to be about. If you're talking about heaven, reading about heaven, talking about redemption, walking that out in relationships, they're going to pick up on that. There's no shortcuts. There's no hacks. There's nothing we can just say that's going to be right. It's going to be all about how we're living and they will catch it. It's contagious and there's no other way to really get there. So that's my best advice and and the heart's advice because we're all tired. We're all we might know all these things in our head. And so it's easier to focus on the day-to-day rules and behaviors. But if we can truly live out what we believe, that's going to be our best way to pass that on to our kids. Mm, Wonderful. Well, thank you, Monica. Mm. You're such a joy. You are, you just Mm. made my whole day. I really enjoy (laughs) you. Oh, this is such a great conversation. Thanks so much. Share and yeah, you have great questions. Thank you. No, I really appreciate you being on and being honest and um, just feels like I'm chatting with a mentor and I feel like we all need that. And I know Mm -hmm. that you provide that in your Mm -hmm. books and Raising Amazing. So can you tell my audience where they can find you and where they can find your book? And I'll be sure also to have all the links in my show notes. Oh, thank you. Yes. The home base for everything is my website, which is monicaswanson.com. You'll find links to all the different things. And and I had mentioned before my boy mom podcast, which is now the Monica Swanson podcast. So it has switched, but it is um, all linked to there. And on Instagram, I'm at Monica Swanson underscore. And I love to meet new people. So if you're on there, come say hi. And I'd love to get to know you. 
Okay. Wonderful. Well, as always, if you enjoyed this conversation, please be sure tag us in your stories. Let us know what resonated with you. We love to hear from you. We love to hear what is changing your heart or moving in you and what Jesus is doing through that. Make sure to share with a friend or family member. And if you haven't already, make sure to give a quick rating and review on the podcast on iTunes. It always means so much and allows me to have guests like Monica on the show. And we love you guys. We are praying for you and we are so excited to talk to you next week. Bye.